chapter twenty one of my bondage and my freedom by frederick douglas this librivox recording is in the public domain my escape from slavery closing incidents of my life as a slave reasons why full particulars of the manner of my escape will not be given craftiness and malice of slaveholders suspicion of aiding a slave's escape about as dangerous as positive evidence want of wisdom shown in publishing details of the escape of fugitives published accounts reach the masters not the slaves slaveholders stimulated to greater watchfulness author's condition discontent suspicions implied by master hugh's manner when receiving my wages his occasional generosity difficulties in the way of escape every avenue guarded plan to obtain money author allowed to hire his time a gleam of hope attends camp meeting without permission anger of master hugh thereat the result my plans of escape accelerated thereby the day for my departure fixed harassed by doubts and fears painful thoughts of separation from friends the attempt made its success i will now make the kind reader acquainted with the closing incidents of my life as a slave having already trenched upon the limit allotted to my life as a free man before however proceeding with this narration it is perhaps proper that i should frankly state in advance my intention to withhold a part of the facts connected with my escape from slavery there are reasons for this suppression which i trust the reader will deem altogether valid it may be easily conceived that a full and complete statement of all the facts pertaining to the flight of a bondman might implicate and embarrass some who may have wittingly or unwittingly assisted him and no one can wish me to involve any man or woman who has befriended me even in the liability of embarrassment or trouble keen is the scent of the slaveholder like the fangs of the rattlesnake his malice retains its poison long and although it is now nearly seventeen years since i made my escape it is well to be careful in dealing with the circumstances relating to it were i to give but a shadowy outline of the process adopted with characteristic aptitude the crafty and malicious among the slaveholders might possibly hit upon the track i pursued and involve some one in suspicion which in a slave state is about as bad as positive evidence the colored man there must not only shun evil but shun the very appearance of evil or be condemned as a criminal a slaveholding community has a peculiar taste for ferreting out offences against the slave system justice there being more sensitive in its regard for the peculiar rights of this system than for any other interest or institution by stringing together a train of events and circumstances even if i were not very explicit the means of escape might be ascertained and possibly those means be rendered thereafter no longer available to the liberty-seeking children of bondage i have left behind me no anti-slavery man can wish me to do anything favoring such results and no slaveholding reader has any right to expect the impartment of such information while therefore it would afford me pleasure and perhaps would materially add to the interest of my story were i at liberty to gratify a curiosity which i know to exist 
in the minds of many as to the manner of my escape i must deprive myself of this pleasure and the curious of the gratification which such a statement of facts would afford i would allow myself to suffer under the greatest imputations that evil-minded men might suggest rather than exculpate myself by an explanation and thereby run the hazard of closing the slightest avenue by which a brother in suffering might clear himself of the chains and fetters of slavery the practice of publishing every new invention by which a slave is known to have escaped from slavery has neither wisdom nor necessities to sustain it had not henry box brown and his friends attracted slaveholding attention to the manner of his escape we might have had a thousand box browns per annum the singularly original plan adopted by william and ellen crafts perished with the first using because every slaveholder in the land was apprised of it the salt-water slave who hung in the guards of a steamer being washed three days and three nights like another jonah by the waves of the sea has by the publicity given to the circumstance set a spy on the guards of every steamer departing from southern ports i have never approved of the very public manner in which some of our western friends have conducted what they call the underground railroad but which i think by their open declarations has been made most emphatically the upper ground railroad its stations are far better known to the slaveholders than to the slaves i honor those good men and women for their noble daring in willingly subjecting themselves to persecution by openly avowing their participation in the escape of slaves nevertheless the good resulting from such avowals is of a very questionable character it may kindle an enthusiasm very pleasant to inhale but that is of no practical benefit to themselves nor to the slaves escaping nothing is more evident than that such disclosures are a positive evil to the slaves remaining and seeking to escape in publishing such accounts the anti-slavery man addresses the slaveholder not the slave he stimulates the former to greater watchfulness and adds to his facilities for capturing his slave we owe something to the slave south of mason and dixon's line as well as to those north of it and in discharging the duty of aiding the latter on their way to freedom we should be careful to do nothing which would be likely to hinder the former in making their escape from slavery such is my detestation of slavery that i would keep the merciless slaveholder profoundly ignorant of the means of flight adopted by the slave he should be left to imagine himself surrounded by myriads of invisible tormentors ever ready to snatch from his infernal grasp his trembling prey in pursuing his victim let him be left to feel his way in the dark let shades of darkness commensurate with his crime shut every ray of light from his pathway and let him be made to feel that at every step he takes with the hellish purpose of reducing a brother man to slavery he is running the frightful risk of having his hot brains dashed out by an invisible hand but enough of this i will now proceed to the statement of those facts connected with my escape for which i am alone responsible and for which no one can be made to suffer but myself my condition in the year eighteen thirty eight of my escape was comparatively a free and easy one so far at least as the wants of the physical man were concerned but the reader will bear in mind that my troubles from the beginning have been less physical than mental and he will thus be prepared to find after what is narrated in the previous chapters that slave life was adding nothing to its charms for me as i grew older and became better acquainted with it the practice from week to week of openly robbing me of all my earnings kept the nature and character of slavery constantly before me i could be robbed by indirection but this was too open and barefaced to be endured 
i could see no reason why i should at the end of each week pour the reward of my honest toil into the purse of any man the thought itself vexed me and the manner in which master hugh received my wages vexed me more than the original wrong carefully counting the money and rolling it out dollar by dollar he would look me in the face as if he would search my heart as well as my pocket and reproachfully ask me is that all implying that i had perhaps kept back part of my wages or if not so the demand was made possibly to make me feel that after all i was an unprofitable servant draining me of the last cent of my hard earnings he would however occasionally when i brought home an extra large sum dole out to me a sixpence or a shilling with a view perhaps of kindling up my gratitude but this practice had the opposite effect it was an admission of my right to the whole sum the fact that he gave me any part of my wages was proof that he suspected that i had a right to the whole of them i always felt uncomfortable after having received anything in this way for i feared that the giving me a few cents might possibly ease his conscience and make him feel himself a pretty honourable robber after all held to a strict account and kept under a close watch the old suspicion of my running away not having been entirely removed escape from slavery even in baltimore was very difficult the railroad from baltimore to philadelphia was under regulations so stringent that even free coloured travellers were almost excluded they must have free papers they must be measured and carefully examined before they were allowed to enter the cars they only went in the daytime even when so examined the steamboats were under regulations equally stringent all the great turnpikes leading northward were beset with kidnappers a class of men who watched the newspapers for advertisements for runaway slaves making their living by the accursed reward of slave hunting my discontent grew upon me and i was on the lookout for means of escape with money i could easily have managed the matter and therefore i hit upon the plan of soliciting the privilege of hiring my time it is quite common in baltimore to allow slaves this privilege and it is the practice also in new orleans a slave who is considered trustworthy can by paying his master a definite sum regularly at the end of each week dispose of his time as he likes it so happened that i was not in very good odour and i was far from being a trustworthy slave nevertheless i watched my opportunity when master thomas came to baltimore for i was still his property hugh only acted as his agent in the spring of eighteen thirty eight to purchase his spring supply of goods and applied to him directly for the much coveted privilege of hiring my time this request master thomas unhesitatingly refused to grant and he charged me with some sternness with inventing this stratagem to make my escape he told me i could go nowhere but he could catch me and in the event of my running away i might be assured he should spare no pains in his efforts to recapture me he recounted with a good deal of eloquence the many kind offices he had done me and exhorted me to be contented and obedient lay out no plans for the future said he if you behave yourself properly i will take care of you now kind and considered as this offer was it failed to soothe me into repose in spite of master thomas and i may say in spite of myself also i continued to think and worse still to think almost exclusively about the injustice and wickedness of slavery no effort of mine or of his could silence this trouble-giving thought or change my purpose to run away about two months after applying to master thomas for the privilege of hiring my time i applied to master hugh for the same liberty supposing him to be unacquainted with the fact that i had made a similar application to master thomas and had been refused my boldness in making this request fairly astounded him at the first he gazed at me in amazement but i had many good reasons for pressing the matter 
and after listening to them a while he did not absolutely refuse but told me he would think of it here then was a gleam of hope once master of my own time i felt sure that i could make over and above my obligation to him a dollar or two every week some slaves have made enough in this way to purchase their freedom it is a sharp spur to industry and some of the most enterprising colored men in baltimore hire themselves in this way after mature reflection as i must suppose it was master hugh granted me the privilege in question on the following terms i was to be allowed all my time to make all bargains for work to find my own employment and to collect my own wages and in return for this liberty i was required or obliged to pay him three dollars at the end of each week and to board and clothe myself and buy my own caulking tools a failure in any of these particulars would put an end to my privilege this was a hard bargain the wear and tear of clothing the losing and breaking of tools and the expense of board made it necessary for me to earn at least six dollars per week to keep even with the world all who are acquainted with caulking know how uncertain and irregular that employment is it can be done to advantage only in dry weather for it is useless to put wet oakum into a seam rain or shine however work or no work at the end of each week the money must be forthcoming master hugh seemed to be very much pleased for a time with this arrangement and well he might be for it was decidedly in his favour it relieved him of all anxiety concerning me his money was sure he had armed my love of liberty with a lash and a driver far more efficient than any i had before known and while he derived all the benefits of slaveholding by the arrangement without its evils i endured all the evils of being a slave and yet suffered all the care and anxiety of a responsible freeman nevertheless thought i it is a valuable privilege another step in my career toward freedom it was something even to be permitted to stagger under the disadvantages of liberty and i was determined to hold on to the newly gained footing by all proper industry i was ready to work by night as well as by day and being in the enjoyment of excellent health i was able not only to meet my current expenses but also to lay by a small sum at the end of each week all went on thus from the month of may till august then for reasons which will become apparent as i proceed my much-valued liberty was wrested from me during the week previous to this to me calamitous event i made arrangements with a few young friends to accompany them on saturday night to a camp-meeting held about twelve miles from baltimore on the evening of our intended start for the camp-ground something occurred in the shipyard where i was at work which detained me unusually late and compelled me either to disappoint my young friends or to neglect carrying my weekly dues to master hugh knowing that i had the money and could hand it to him on another day i decided to go to camp-meeting and to pay him the three dollars for the past week on my return once on the camp-ground i was induced to remain one day longer than i had intended when i left home but as soon as i returned i went straight to his house on fell street to hand him his my money unhappily the fatal mistake had been committed i found him exceedingly angry he exhibited all the signs of apprehension and wrath which a slaveholder may be surmised to exhibit on the supposed escape of a favourite slave you rascal i have a great mind to give you a severe whipping how dare you go out of the city without first asking and obtaining my permission sir said i i hired my time and paid you the price you asked for it i did not know that it was any part of the bargain that i should ask you when or where i should go you did not know you rascal you are bound to show yourself here every saturday night after reflecting a few moments he became somewhat cooled down but evidently greatly troubled he said now you scoundrel you have done for yourself you shall hire your time no longer the next thing i shall hear of will be your running away 
bring home your tools and your clothes at once i'll teach you how to go off in this way thus ended my partial freedom i could hire my time no longer and i obeyed my master's orders at once the little taste of liberty which i had had although as the reader will have seen it was far from being unalloyed by no means enhanced my contentment with slavery punished thus by master hugh it was now my turn to punish him since thought i you will make a slave of me i will await your orders in all things and instead of going to look for work on monday morning as i had formerly done i remained at home during the entire week without the performance of a single stroke of work saturday night came and he called upon me as usual for my wages i of course told him i had done no work and had no wages here we were at the point of coming to blows his wrath had been accumulating during the whole week for he evidently saw that i was making no effort to get work but was most aggravatingly awaiting his orders in all things as i look back to this behaviour of mine i scarcely know what possessed me thus to trifle with those who had such unlimited power to bless or to blast me master hugh raved and swore his determination to get hold of me but wisely for him and happily for me his wrath only employed those very harmless impalpable missiles which roll from a limber tongue in my desperation i had fully made up my mind to measure strength with master hugh in case he should undertake to execute his threats i am glad there was no necessity for this for resistance to him could not have ended so happily for me as it did in the case of covey he was not a man to be safely resisted by a slave and i freely own that in my conduct toward him in this instance there was more folly than wisdom master hugh closed his reproofs by telling me that hereafter i need give myself no uneasiness about getting work but he would himself see to getting work for me and enough of it at that this threat i confess had some terror in it and on thinking the matter over during the sunday i resolved not only to save him the trouble of getting me work but that upon the third day of september i would attempt to make my escape from slavery the refusal to allow me to hire my time therefore hastened the period of my flight i had three weeks now in which to prepare for my journey once resolved i felt a certain degree of repose and on monday instead of waiting for master hugh to seek employment for me i was up by break of day and off to the shipyard of mr butler on the city block near the drawbridge i was a favourite with mr b and young as i was i had served as his foreman on the float stage at caulking of course i easily obtained work and at the end of the week which by the way was exceedingly fine i brought master hugh nearly nine dollars the effect of this mark of returning good sense on my part was excellent he was very much pleased he took the money commended me and told me i might have done the same thing the week before it is a blessed thing that the tyrant may not always know the thoughts and purposes of his victim master hugh little knew what my plans were the going to camp meeting without asking his permission the insolent answers made to his reproaches the sulky deportment the week after being deprived of the privilege of hiring my time had awakened in him the suspicion that i might be cherishing disloyal purposes my object therefore in working steadily was to remove suspicion and in this i succeeded admirably he probably thought i was never better satisfied with my condition than at the very time i was planning my escape the second week passed and again i carried him my full week's wages nine dollars and so well pleased was he that he gave me twenty-five cents and bade me make good use of it i told him i would for one of the uses to which i meant to put it was to pay my fare on the underground railroad things without went on as usual but i was passing through the same internal excitement and anxiety which i had experienced two years and a half before 
the failure in that instance was not calculated to increase my confidence in the success of this my second attempt and i knew that a second failure could not leave me where my first did i must either get to the far north or be sent to the far south besides the exercise of mind from this state of facts i had the painful sensation of being about to separate from a circle of honest and warm-hearted friends in baltimore the thought of such a separation where the hope of ever meeting again is excluded and where there can be no correspondence is very painful it is my opinion that thousands would escape from slavery who now remain there but for the strong cords of affection that bind them to their families relatives and friends the daughter is hindered from escaping by the love she bears her mother and the father by the love he bears his children and so to the end of the chapter i had no relations in baltimore and i saw no probability of ever living in the neighbourhood of sisters and brothers but the thought of leaving my friends was among the strongest obstacles to my running away the last two days of the week friday and saturday were spent mostly in collecting my things together for my journey having worked four days that week for my master i handed him six dollars on saturday night i seldom spent my sundays at home and for fear that something might be discovered in my conduct i kept up my custom and absented myself all day on monday the third day of september eighteen thirty eight in accordance with my resolution i bade farewell to the city of baltimore and to that slavery which had been my abhorrence from childhood how i got away in what direction i travelled whether by land or by water whether with or without assistance must for reasons already mentioned remain unexplained End of chapter twenty one